Hi, and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your co-host, Larry, joined by Jonathan, and this month we are doing an October Halloween special, and today's episode is on serial horror, or horror that has like an anthology of stories to share. And this is a relatively popular format, I want to say because of Twilight Zone everyone's like hey that sounds really cool you know because it's like you're not stuck with one particular story and you don't have to carry characters over through a long period of time this one you can have multiple writers write multiple different things and this is where people can kind of just share their stories so on today's episode we are doing four different anthology horrors which is beyond belief goosebumps are you afraid of the dark and Yami Shibai. And we pulled one or two episodes from each of those, and we are going to talk about them today. Our first show up is Beyond Belief. And uh, Beyond Belief is part of my childhood. It would air pretty late at night, maybe like 9 o'clock-ish. And I remember staying up watching it with, uh, with Jonathan and a few other siblings. And it would just like freak us out. You know, like these kinds of stories. Um, Jonathan, do you remember Beyond Belief very much? I do. And I don't know. I think the draw for me was just, you know, curiosity. Yeah. Um, because, like, the premise of the TV show is they tell you a short, maybe about, like, 10-minute story on something. And then at the very end of the episode, they tell you whether or not that story was based on something true or if they made it up. And so it's similar to like Twilight Zone, like you were saying, Larry, in that like you're walking the line between like reality and fiction, you know, sort of thing. And and, mm-hmm. and Twilight Zone has that kind of feeling. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm in the in-between. I'm in a Twilight Zone, you know. Beyond Belief has that feel to it because you're trying to guess whether or not something was based off of something mm-hmm. true that really happened or if they had completely made it up. Do you want to go ahead and talk about what you think about these episodes? Sure. So this was maybe a couple years ago. I had this itching to watch all of the episodes for Beyond Belief. So I've seen all four seasons before. And I want to watch them all again. Because now they're on IMDb TV. Because for a while they're kind of lost in limbo. Because no one really had rights for anything. And they never mm. released these shows on DVD. Maybe only like the first two seasons. So it, they're really hard to find. And you know, and they re-released them on IMDb TV. So I'm really glad for that. And uh, even like revisiting these episodes. I still get like a, a chilling, creepy feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, even though I've seen this episode already. I still get those chills. Mm. Okay, so uh, today's episode for Beyond Belief is the first episode of season three. So the five mini stories that they talk about are called Morning Sickness, The Curse of Hampton Manor, Wax Executioner, Blood Bank, and Ring Toss. Mm -hmm. And so as Jonathan said, the premise of the show is they present you these stories. And then at the very end of the episode, they'll tell you whether or not they're true or false, like based Mm. on... uh, real events and such so first episode the first story of this beyond belief episode is called morning sickness which is about this girl who uh who wakes up like feeling really sick this story i think was it was just okay 
because uh, a, a lot of the stories in Beyond Belief, they, they kind of blend that weird, like, um, you're not too sure if it's true. You're like, oh, you probably heard rumors of this. So they're kind of like reenacting rumors, <laughs> essentially. Um, yeah, this one, this first one was like, I think it's based off an urban legend, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I thought overall, like, this whole episode as a whole was mm-hmm. fine. I actually yeah. remembered it when I was watching through it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at the end of the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, it's an octopus, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember, and then, like, when it went to the second one, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I was able to remember all of them. And the one that stuck with me the most out of this entire episode was the blood bank story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because... I remember thinking as a kid that I was like, oh, yeah, that's fake. It's got to be fake, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it was real. It was like the blood bank story is based off of of a true story. Mm -hmm. And in blood bank, essentially what happens is it's about this nurse who is kind of overseeing this patient. And he turns out to be a vampire, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then he attacks her and then jumps out of like a, how was it, like a second story or third story window or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, And then survives. And yeah, that's based off a true story. Um, happened to a nurse somewhere on the East Coast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that one's the one that stuck with me the most. Yeah. Um, um, the two that actually stuck with me for this one was Wax Executioner and Ring Toss. Why is that? So Wax Executioner, like, I've always been creeped out by, like, dolls and such. So this is like a wax museum. So Wax Executioner is about this wax museum that opens up these two guys want to celebrate maybe like an anniversary or something of their opening. And so they recreate the beheading of Marie Antoinette. And so, you know, they all, they set up the whole waxing and everything, but for some reason they decided to use a real blade for the guillotine. And so as they're uh, setting up, smart, (laughs) yeah, as they were setting up the actual room, the blade drops and beheads the the, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the wax doll, basically, mm-hmm. of Marie Antoinette. And then the guys that are opening the museum, the, these two brothers, they're like, yo, like, what happened? <laughs> like, like did, did you move it? Did you do something? They're like, no, like, I didn't do anything. And so they looked at the robed figure. They have the, um, the wax doll of Marie Antoinette, and they also have a wax doll of an executioner, like, with, like, a robe. And he has, like, a hood over his head. And so... They know like no one else is there besides them, and they didn't they didn't set that up, and so they're like, okay, that's a little freaky. And then during the actual opening, a few kids decide to they're not kids, but they're like maybe college age kids or even high school, probably high school. Yeah, yeah. they try to take a picture of the guillotine with one of the kids' heads in the kill box, and so as they're trying to take the picture, the blade drops, but they replace the blade with cardboard or or something else, and so it didn't kill her, but it would have killed her. And then, so they flipped open the the robe figure, and they don't see anything. Like, like it's just just the wax doll. There's nothing there. And then they ended off with like, "Well, I'm glad you replaced the blade, but now I think it's time to replace the executioner." I'm like, "Oh, chills! <laughs> it's so campy, but it's so chilly." I'm like, "Oof!" And oh man, that's funny. It's based off a real story that happened in Canada or something. So I was like, "Ooh, that's ch- that's chilling." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just more like the thought of it because it's like a re- you're trying to recreate something, and to kind of have that weird, mysterious. You're not really too sure, you know, what's kind of going on, and like or what it is. You you don't really know what the cause is, but you know it happens, and so they have to like do something about it. But that story tripped me out as a kid. I was just like, "Oh mm. my god, that's freaky." I think it's funny that like the dolls and the wax stuff and. Mm-hmm. 
like the stuff like that like is is what gets you you know like mm-hmm. that's your that's your um achilles heel in horror i guess you yeah know? um do you have any like inkling as to why you think that is it's uncanny to kind of see like a human like figure that's not really human mm-hmm. like it looks human but it's not human i think that uncanny feeling it just kind of gets me sometimes mm. i don't think there's anything real story behind it it's just mm. the way i see it yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah okay. okay all right so yeah beyond belief that's just one of many episodes there like i said there's four seasons of them and each se- each episode has five stories so you have a ton of content to kind of binge and definitely check it out like i said you can find it free on imdb tv our next tv show we'll be talking about is goosebumps now goosebumps uh exploring these as an adult now instead of as a kid it's very uh it's a different feeling you know what i mean um Mm. because as a kid you're just so blinded by the scare factor (laughs) that you don't really know what's going on um and okay so speaking of um mannequins and dolls and everything the episode we'll be talking about is called haunted mask Mm. which is the very first episode of the goosebump series and oh is it really yeah it's the very first episode of the goosebumps tv show it's a two-part episode yeah it's a Mm -hmm. two-parter So they went out big. They opened big. <laughs> two-parter. So Haunted Mask yeah. is a two-parter, like, 40-minute episode. Uh, it's about this girl named Carly Beth who gets bullied by these two boys who like her. And then she wants to scare them for Halloween. So she goes and gets a Haunted Mask. But basically, this mask just won't come off. So it's kind of, like, affecting her and is becoming a part of her. Mm. Um, but see, the mask wasn't what scared me. It was the freaking, <laughs> it was the mannequin of Carly <laughs> Beth. Okay, so this this part was so stupid. Like, I thought it was really stupid just because it, it didn't make any sense. Okay, so in the story, Carly Beth's mother is like a sculpture artist. And so she creates a sculpt mannequin of her daughter, Carly Beth. And I was thinking to myself, like, why the hell would you do that? That's so freaking freaky. And I remember seeing the preview images of this show. I was like, man, that's a freaky looking <laughs> sculpture doll <laughs> as a sculpture head. And then Carly Beth goes, like, mom, like, why would you make something like this? It's a little creepy. And then she, and the mom was like, well, you know, you create things that you you love and I love you. So that's why I created it. I was like, that's that's the stupidest. That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing anyone's ever said. But then, and oh, so yeah. like during this during this scene, I was I was watching, I was looking on my phone just because like okay, this scene was a little slow, so I was on my phone. And then Carly Beth says, "Mom, I think the mannequin just smiled at me." And I was like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> I can't do this." I was just on my phone, so I didn't see it because I think you actually see it. But the thing is, like, I was on my phone, so I didn't see it, so I just heard it. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can do this episode. I was oh, like, nope, man, nope. That's funny. <laughs> But I was like, you know what? It's a kid's show. It can't be that scary, right? It's yeah. a kid's show. They, they're they not going to, you know, <laughs> they're not going to try to terrify you. Um, uh, it's pretty scary still, though. Yeah, but still, the, the rest of the episode, it still gets kind of creepy because the head does actually move and smile and talk. So I was like, okay, that's a little creepy. But overall, I thought this was a pretty decent episode. I mean, you can still kind of sense its campiness. That's kind of a trope for like 90s horror. Especially um, for kids, I think. Yeah, because it's sort of like, you know, it's spooky but like not spooky enough to like scare the living shit out of you but this is more like it's just creepy you know mm-hmm. but yeah so what did you think of this episode jonathan like as you were explaining the carly beth stuff i think i missed the first episode <laughs> oh really? I, think I only watched the second episode <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. okay because i only remember like the boy who gets the mask okay did that happen in the episode the boy gets the mask yeah so the episode that i watched okay. um was 
it was Halloween and the boys who bully Carly Beth are like, oh, where'd you get the mask like that you wore to Halloween last year or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. I want one for this year, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Carly Beth was like, oh, no, I'm not going to wear something like that ever again, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you where I got the mask, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boys stumble upon the shop where Carly Beth got the mask. And then they go and then they find another mask that's essentially okay. haunted as well. Mm-hmm. And then the boy puts on the mask and he can't take it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the episode that I saw. Oh. Maybe, maybe I watched... Like, maybe you watched like a continuation of what I watched. Yeah. Because I don't remember that being in part two. Yeah. So I don't know. Huh. Maybe maybe huh. you watched like Haunted Mask and I watched like Haunted Mask Returns or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, but that's, that's really interesting. interesting. Okay. You, got, yeah. you got the first part of the story, and I got the second part of the <laughs> yeah. story. That's so interesting. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> in part two of um, The Haunted Mask, she tries to find a way to remove it. So yeah. I, I don't think she I don't think she. Yeah. Uh, tells oh, my gosh. That, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, so yeah. I actually ended up watching, I guess, like the continuation of it like a uh-huh. year later. Yeah. yeah. Um, because she didn't really destroy the mask. She buried it. Right. Right. That's right. And mm-hmm. so what happens is during Halloween, like the spirit of Halloween revives the mask. Um, oh, okay. And then it, it becomes alive and then it goes to the shop owner who created the masks mm-hmm. and it possesses the shop owner. Oh, okay. And then like the shop owner essentially brings the boys to the magic mask shop and that's mm-hmm. where they find the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. That um, is and, very interesting. and I was okay. texting Larry kind of during this whole episode that i was watching it because like i thought it was really funny that like how how white this episode was because mm-hmm. there's stuff like you know the boy i don't know how old how old are they like elementary school middle yeah. school maybe no um, not middle school definitely like maybe could be like fifth, fifth i'm fifth. thinking fourth fifth grade yeah yeah and so the boy goes into like his room and the mom is like knocking on the door mm-hmm and the boy's like, I'll come out in a second or whatever. The mom just opens the door and goes in. And he's, he says something along the lines of like, excuse me, do I have any rights around here? <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. I was like, I was like, bro, you are like in fourth or fifth grade. Um, in, in the house that I grew up in, I would never lock the door or close the door. You know, like my mom had free reign in the house, you know, mm-hmm. or our mom had free reign in the house. Right. She could open the door whenever she wanted. And then on Halloween, he goes out by himself. His mom doesn't go with him. He goes out by himself and his mom tells him to be home by midnight. Midnight. That's crazy <laughs> to me. I'm just like, midnight? I had to be in bed by like 10 o'clock, you know? Yeah, or at least I had to be crazy. home. I had yeah. to be home. I was laughing at all the really, really like white culture kind of existent throughout this <laughs> yeah because it's very you know, it's very america yeah because <laughs> uh my I parents mean, would not raise us this way our parents would not raise us this then way. again this is the 90s <laughs> yeah so it's very yeah. america yeah i think displaying other cultures didn't really happen until like just recently or mm-hmm. 2000s ish yeah okay so our next show in the series we'll be talking about is are you afraid of the dark and we'll be looking at the tale of the lonely ghost. And so I don't remember seeing this episode as a kid, but Jonathan recommended it. I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, we'll check it out. And then, oh my freaking God, <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode. Okay, so this episode, I was telling my coworker this. I was like, yeah, um, I'm watching the show for like a podcast I'm doing with my brother. And then I was telling her like, like 
yo, like, this episode is so freaking scary. Because, <laughs> like, so there's, like, a lot of this buildup, but you don't really know what to expect. And then um, I was telling Jonathan, like, the very first jump scare is really scary. And he's like, the jump scare when, like, when the Nana pops up? I'm like, uh, no, I wouldn't call that a jump scare. <laughs> For me, anytime I define first jump scare, it's whatever scares me first. And the thing that scares me first is when Tale of the Lonely Ghost, about this girl named Amanda, who goes to her cousin's place over the summer. Mm-hmm. And her cousin Beth just doesn't want to deal with her other cousin. I'm like, like, yo, Amanda, just leave me alone. I just want. She's wanna... really mean too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Beth is really mean. Yeah, she kind of negotiates with Amanda. Okay, if you want to be with my friends, if you want to, you know, hang out with me, you have to clean. You have to do this uh, X, Y, and Z, and you also have to stay the night over this this abandoned haunted house. house, abandoned haunted house, basically. Amanda doesn't want to be left out. She does it, so she goes to the house she goes to the room where the girl was supposedly like you know so they made up stories about there's this girl in in this house so amanda goes up to the room where this girl's room is at in the abandoned house in the abandoned house and then amanda sees her in the mirror and then that <laughs> scene i was like oh f-. like you is this a show for kids because this oh, freaking man. scares me even today like that's a freaky <laughs> That's they a freaky her, ass scene. They made the ghost really creepy. Yeah. Like, like she oh looks really scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like, is this a show for kids? That's so scary. <laughs> That's so scary looking. Yeah. And she Super starts scary. screaming, and I'm thinking about screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and I did scream the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did scream the first time I watched this. Yeah. Um, and then Amanda goes out and she, you know, she just basically says she can't do it. And then, yeah, the next day, uh, her mom, Amanda's mom, discovers that someone wrote... Amanda's aunt. Amanda's aunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Amanda's aunt. That's right. Amanda's aunt discovers that someone wrote on the walls of that room that says, help me. Yeah. And then they basically have to clean it off. They don't want to do it. But Beth's like, you know what? It's during the daytime. Stop being such a scaredy cat. And so they go up to the room and they start cleaning it. And they see, they see the ghost in the daytime. I'm like, oh my freaking God. She like comes out of the mirror. Yeah, she comes out of the mirror. It's like she's stronger during the day. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, nope. You screwed either way. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. And then. Beth gets pulled in to the mirror, and... Uh, and the little girl comes out. Mm-hmm. The little girl mm-hmm. comes out, and she has, like, a, a locket of her mother. The girl has a locket of her own mother. <laughs> Not to confuse it yeah, with Amanda. The little girl. Mm-hmm. And then so Amanda realizes this locket belongs to the caretaker in the house. and But the caretaker is about to leave because she felt like she had no reason to stay anymore. Mm-hmm. So Amanda stops the caretaker from leaving, brings her up to the room and walks into the mirror to reunite with her lost daughter and then beth comes out of the mirror and then episode is over yeah that's pretty much it i like this episode for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. first off it's just really scary and creepy for like a 90s tv show Mm -hmm. which you know i think says a lot that it's even creepy slash scary today Mm -hmm. and then secondly it it does the redemption thing you know that Mm -hmm. a lot of older horror stories miss out on if that makes sense yeah you know Mm -hmm. because this lonely ghost who was living up in the room she was by herself and the reason why she was haunting like that house was because she wanted her mom you know and she wanted Mm -hmm. to be with her mom yeah who was the caretaker of the other house and Mm -hmm. so 
essentially her spirit is rested, you know, or, or goes to rest when, when she's reunited with her mom. And so they kind of solve the tale of the lonely ghost. For those of you who aren't familiar with Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's a show that aired on Nickelodeon in the 90s or early 2000s. And it's essentially this, um, oh, what are they called? The Midnight Club, the Midnight Society. But they get together at night and they go around a campfire and they just tell stories. That's the premise of the show. Are You Afraid of the Dark is also getting a reboot. Be on the lookout for that. But yeah, I think that even though it was, this episode is really short, it also kind of introduces us. At least this is the first time I've seen it. Like this whole idea of like you can redeem or solve the curse of some ghost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, I was really surprised at the way it ended too, because yeah, like you said, you don't see it very often, and good examples of it are very hard to find. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons why I never liked horror films was just because the way it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, they just ended with a jump scare. Oof! But this one is like it ends on a good note. You know? Yeah, it also has like similar vibes to Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. the ending of Haunting of Hill House. You know, yeah. where like the somebody kind of had to give themselves in order to save something in order to save someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. But I feel like this for, for this story, it makes a lot more sense, you know, Mm -hmm. for Hill house when we get to it, because y'all know we're going to do an episode on Hill house Mm -hmm. on Hill house. I don't know if it makes much sense, but we'll get to it when we get there. Yeah, for sure. So Yami Shibai is a Japanese anime. I guess you could call it an anime. Um, yeah, it's an anime. Yeah, you can stream it on Crunchyroll. There's six, seven seasons of it. We're going to cover two episodes because they're really short. Kind of like Beyond Belief, how they have really short stories for their episodes. Uh, Yami Shibai is about like four minutes long, five minutes long. Mm-hmm. So we looked at two of them. Uh, we're looking at, in season one, we're looking at Contradiction and Umbrella Goddess. And I remember when browsing through the Crunchyroll catalog, Yami Shibai showed up just because it was like recently updated. We're like, okay, what's this? Like, oh, it's like a collection of Japanese short stories created by the creator of Juon, like, you know, The Grudge. I'm like, okay, I'm down. We'll check it out. And watch first episode. I'm like, okay, we see where it's getting. And then we'd start binge watching the rest of the series. And <laughs> we picked, uh, I personally picked out these two. They do a pretty good example of like how to scare you in five minutes. <laughs> and so, um, Contradiction is about this girl named Yuko. She wakes up in the middle of the night because she receives a phone call from her friend. And her friend and her boyfriend, they decided to go to this abandoned haunted place for like a courage test or something. But then the girl gets uh, like wet feet. Is that the right term? Wet feet? Cold feet. Cold feet. <laughs> wet feet. <laughs> gets cold feet. Gets cold feet and doesn't want to do it. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's wet, it's cold too, you know? Okay, so <laughs> gets cold feet and doesn't want to do it. But then the boyfriend rushes in and comes back possessed. And then the main girl, Yuko, goes like, okay, I'll make sure you can come over. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it, whatever. And then once she finishes the phone call, she hears a knock on the door, like pounding on the door. And it's the boyfriend. And then the boyfriend tells the exact same story, but, but switches the role. Oh yeah, like we went to this abandoned place, but it was, but my girlfriend went in by herself and came back like scary, scary looking possessed. And then she was like, what? But I just got off the phone with her. And so she's like so freaked out trying to figure out like what, like what's going on and like yeah. how these two stories just completely collide with each other. Um, and then and then she opens the door and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> so I remember this episode, I was like, oh my God, that's so, it's more like, like there are jump scares, but it's more like the thought that's scary. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, like you don't know who to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a psychological sort of creepiness. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what I would do in that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. And on top of the jump scares, I, I thought they told it very well within like a couple minutes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have anything to say? I thought this one was interesting and good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just, you know, it plays with this other idea of kind of like scariness of, you know, two of your friends who are trying to tell you something, but then they're completely contradicting each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's like, just, well, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. uh, that could be true for anything too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if you if you if you're close with you know two of your friends, but then they tell completely different sides of the story. Yeah, you don't really know who to believe. Right, mm-hmm. right, and it creates a, another sort of tension. You know, still tension nonetheless, but it creates a tension. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it kind of plays on that. So, so our next episode is Umbrella Goddess and <laughs> Umbrella Goddess. Okay, so Umbrella Goddess is about this boy named Kenji. And over the summer, he goes over to his friend's place to um, to hang out. His friend's is named uh, Takeru. And then it's in the middle of summer, right? It's scorching hot. And uh, Kenji sees this this lady with an umbrella in her mouth, like, uh, across the street, like, at the bus stop. And then Takeru's father talks to the boys. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to go hiking tomorrow. But uh, the weather the weather might be random, though, because it might, you know, might just all of a sudden rain. And then... Kenji, the boy, goes and says, oh, yeah, that's right, because I remember seeing this lady with an umbrella over there. And then the, the parents freak out. And so they, they call, like, a specialist to kind of see, you know, like, what to do about it, how to go about it. And then they carry out this ritual where, where Kenji has to stay inside this shed by himself for uh, overnight. And the thing is, he cannot let anyone in whatsoever. And so he's just a little boy. He's just a kid. He's just trying to have fun. But now he has to stay by himself. You know, he can't hang out with his friend. So he's by himself in the shed. And his friend comes over and brings snacks. I'm like, hey, I thought you were hungry. He's like, okay. So he opens the door, you know, and uh, grabs some snacks. And then as soon as Takeru walks away, Takeru comes back and tells him to open the door. But then Kenji locks it and, you know, and tries to make sure like he doesn't come in. Basically, Kenji couldn't sleep because he was just terrified all night. You know, as soon as the morning comes up, you hear, like, the birds chirping and everything. And then the narrator goes and says, those are the last summer days of Kenji. And then you see, like, a jump scare of the umbrella <laughs> goddess. I'm like, oh, my God. That's so freaky. But the jump scare really got me. I was like, oof. Again, with this one, it's just the idea that makes it scary. It's sort of like play on urban legend stories, too, which is why I really like the Yamishibai series. Uh, each season has, like, 12 episodes-ish. But yeah, Jonathan, what'd you think of this episode? Um, yeah, remember, this episode. This? Sorry, say that again. Did you remember this episode? Yes, I did remember this episode. I remembered both episodes, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, this one was scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like Yami. That I feel like Yamishibai. Like the purpose of it is not to tell that deep of a story, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just to kind of like you know be a little creepy and yeah and chilly and scary. You yeah, know? it's to build a premise to scare you. Yeah. Or build a premise to, like, creep you out. Yeah. 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 So if you're looking for ways to, like, you know, uh, create that sort of fear or creepiness or tension, then Yamishibai is really good. Yeah. It's like yeah. creepy pasta in five minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, personally, I think the other seasons are just okay. I think the first two seasons are the scariest. I think they started toning it down a lot. Maybe they got a lot of complaints um, because you don't really see the kind of jump scares anymore but definitely check out yamishibai the first two seasons are really really good there's like five more seasons afterwards so okay so that pretty much does it for this episode for our 
serial horror. Uh, so again, serial horror is mainly just a collection of short stories, urban legends, and they just kind of revisit them and they just kind of just tell them, like what Jonathan said, in a very short time to kind of build a premise to kind of creep you out. Serial horror kind of recreates that campiness feeling of where you're around with all your friends, all your buddies, and you're sharing like stories that have happened to you that are unexplainable. And mm-hmm. I think that's what serial horror is trying to capture. And I think a lot of this, these four particular series captures it very well. All right, so that does it for this episode of The Outside Story. Join us again tomorrow where we will be talking about found footage. The three films we'll be looking at are The Blair Witch Project, The Fourth Kind, and Ganjam Haunted Asylum. Take care. Bye.